G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft Keeper Leagues. My name's Hef and I'm joined, not in the studio, but uh, via Discord by my co-host Case. How are you going, Case? Uh, very, very similar scene sitting in my spare room doing this podcast again. This is uh, three out of four, Hef. The, uh, we just can't catch a break, lockdown styles. No, absolutely not. Uh, we keep getting uh, stuck in, well, you keep getting stuck in uh, lockdown, really. Hey, hey, hey. You, Who's in lockdown in, this week? Um, we're all in lockdown, aren't we? It's true. It's true. I am in a uh, 14-day quarantine slash isolation, though. So, that was your story a couple weeks ago. Now, I'm the one who's not allowed to leave the house for any reason whatsoever except for the beloved COVID tests. So, no, good fun. Good fun. Um I don't, I don't hate it, though, Kay. It's like I thought it'd be a lot worse than it was. And you've been a bit of a, uh, a guiding light there, uh, you know, about how to get through this. So, any more tips you've got for me uh, for the next week or so I've got in lockdown or isolation, sorry? Uh, I don't think so. Well, you've already nailed it. You've uh, you've got through one week, haven't you? So, that's that's a big step. Um, well, technically, uh, it got backdated to the date of exposure, but we only found out three days later. So, I only have to do 11 days. Essentially, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As long as you're keeping a good routine, have you got your uh, groceries delivered via a, um, you know, Coles or Woolworths online? Has that happened yet? Now, this was your hot tip, but mm-hmm. I think when you're in lockdown, the queue to get your groceries delivered is a lot, lot longer than what it was when uh, you were in um, uh. isolation. So, basically, every time I put an order, it's three days it takes before it gets delivered. And I'm yes. actually waiting for a delivery right now. It said between 7 and 8 p.m. So, uh, we may have to pause this at some stage so I can go collect my groceries off the front porch. But, uh, yeah, look, um, it's not too bad. I've been lucky. I've had some uh, some good mates uh, drop some stuff off for me, do my sh- click and collect for me. Had Zanks from uh, Statsmate bring me a coffee today and he chatted to me from the street through the window. So, uh, yeah, it was good fun catching up with him as well. I don't know if we can actually mention that because... You know, we're supposed to be in lockdown, but he stopped by and dropped the coffee on my uh, doorstep and we had a quick five-minute chat, so that was good fun as well. So, yeah, now I've done a few things to keep me occupied, so it's all good. Most yeah. importantly, have have you been watching the Olympics, mate? This is like the best time <laughs> in the whole entire world to be locked down. I know why you're asking me this, because you know my opinion on the Olympics, and I just don't care about them, to be honest. Like, my opinion is if I don't watch the sport throughout the year, I'm not fussed about it to be honest so i don't just all of a sudden become you know the swimming's biggest fan for a week i just it's it's if i wanted to watch swimming i'd go and watch swimming all year round but you know or every year not just once in a four-year period now, the, but, now yeah. the, I, can, I, I can potentially cop that but uh if i don't think back too long ago for our um our one of our bets in our league to to uh organize the mid-season draft did you not yeah. have a few uh european handball uh multi-legs in that bet and if so are you betting on something you don't know anything about or are you a closet handball fan and obviously the olympics would be great for you then you have the absolute wrong bloke because I did not put a handball bet on whatsoever. You might Damn be thinking it. of um, esports, League of Legends. I put some. That's up right. On. That's right. You put some weird thing in there. I thought it was handball. yeah, yeah. So I chucked in the League of Legends, which uh, look, I, I must admit, I haven't been following esports since my son's been born a lot. But I was playing a lot of esports, uh, League of Legends before um, he was. So now it's something I did kind of know about a little bit and do so follow. If esports comes into the Olympics. Will you follow the Olympics? Probably, actually. I would watch that. Now, no, look, I saw a few skateboarding highlights today. I used to skate when I was younger, so I did actually kind of enjoy that a little bit. So, yeah, maybe I, maybe I should have watched that. I don't know. Maybe there are a few things in there. Maybe I can make an exception. But anyways, we're uh, rambling now, so uh, we better thank our sponsors and get on with the show. So, uh, look, Remedy Kombucha, um, 
Kays, you don't have any remedy, do you, at your place? But I'm just keeping it all to myself as per usual. Um, but yeah, if you want to get some uh, remedy into your uh, hands, head to uh, remedydrinks.com slash au slash shop and use the coupon KEEPER20. And actually, you can get it delivered to your door, which is really handy for me right now. Well, you know, look, if I didn't have a backlog of about 10 cases here, um, it would be handy. But maybe because you don't have any and we're in lockdown, you could get some delivered to your door, case. I could. Actually, one of our league mates got a case delivered the other week. So, uh, the coach of the Topokes, he got a sl- nice slab of Remedy Kombucha using our, our code. So, shout out to the guys who are using the coders. Uh, That's amazing. For sure. Mm. Yeah. No, I can't believe actually the amount of people that are using it, you know. Um, I thought it'd be just a bit of a funny thing to have on there and see if anyone did. But, uh, no, nah, it's, been, it's been really good. So, thank you to all of our listeners uh, for getting involved and jumping on because, uh, yeah, it makes us look good for the sponsors as well. Uh, but, look, talking about sponsors as well, Zambrero is there looking after our listeners. Um, and, look, we do we do hand out um, I guess I do send out two vouchers each week but it's going to take a while for me to get these ones out seeing that I can't leave my house to go to a post office but look Kays do you want to announce the a winner for this week would be an absolute honour it is Aaron Todd from Moorabbin in Victoria now surely have you even know where Moorabbin is that's where the St Kilda's training base isn't it it is, and oh, yes, it is now. It's back. It used to be at Seaford. Now they've moved back to Moorabbin. But most importantly, yeah. it's right in golfing heartland of Melbourne next to Kingston Heath Golf Club and just down the road from the beautiful Royal Melbourne. So, absolute top echelon of golf uh, in around Moorabbin. Everything relates back to a golf course with the UKs. Absolutely it's everything. Got it's got to. Uh- all right, before we get stuck into the show, um, this was meant to be our 100th episode case, all right? So, if we looked at our feed, this was supposed to be, or about the 100th, I think there was a trailer in there and, you know, a few things that didn't count. Now, what I'm thinking is we could do a bit of creative accounting here. So, for example, we have three Pod Pod uh, episodes on our feed, mm-hmm. so we could scrap those uh, out of there because they don't really count. So, that brings us, what, back to about uh, 97, mm-hmm. you know? And then we've got um, we've got a bonus episode we did for afl.com.au. We don't have to count that as a real episode, do we? No, no, definitely nah, not. Definitely nah, not. No. So, we can get rid of that. So, we can do a bit of creative accounting here. And I'm thinking that maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. just maybe, our first episode of next year becomes our 100th episode. So, that way we know where kind of we hopefully are out of the COVID, um, you know, troubles that we're in right now. And we might be, and we don't have to do it on a Tuesday night. We could even do it on like a, a Saturday or a weekend or something like that. So, a few people could get around it. It wouldn't have to be straight after work, all that sort of stuff. What do you think about that? I absolutely love it. I absolutely right. love it, Hef. And that means there might even be some free time for some uh, AFL players. They might even be not be in a bubble. Then we could even get them along for the uh, the show. I'm thinking our good mate Ben Keys, maybe his housemate Harry Schomburg. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, we could have, actually have a chat with him about that and I'll see if we can make that happen, meet your uh, idol. But I'm sure there'll be uh, lots of Harry Schoenberg uh, talk tonight on the show anyway. But I think that's a great idea. Um, we do a bit of creative accounting, work out what we'll count as actual uh, episodes and which ones we won't and uh, we get rid of a few. So, that will give us a bit of extra time to actually do a live 100th episode with uh, yeah, with, with an audience there. Anyways, this has uh, gone for seven minutes uh, now and seven minutes too long probably according to our listeners. So, nice. let's get stuck into the show. All right, into the round rewind now. Uh, we'll start off with the uh, Friday night match, Port Adelaide versus Collingwood. Uh, interesting match. I've, on Friday, I had a lot of beers, if I'm being honest, because, um, you know, just lockdown, it was just felt like it needed to be done. So it's a bit hazy, this game, but uh, I'll try to tell you what I remember of it. But, uh, yeah, no, it was good fun, though. Any particular beer that was good that uh, made you sit through this game? Yeah, actually, um, Brewboys have a new uh, brown ale. It's a limited edition. 
And I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of the brown owl. So they don't, you know, t- generally have one. And it's actually kind of a, it's a harder beer to find, like find a good one anyway. But uh, it's mm-hmm. called King Brown and it was, uh, yeah, top notch. And it's uh, not super boozy as well, which is kind of good. So you can have a bit of a session on them as well. So yeah, highly advise uh, the old Brew Boys King Brown if you can get your hands on them. But anyway, uh, we'll get stuck into a few players. So Willem Drew, he had 91 points and he's had a pretty consistent run of late. So he's gone up to 70 only once in his last seven. And in that time, he's had two scores over 90 and you know four scores over 80 in that time as well. But the thing is, like with Willem Drew, we just still haven't seen a big ceiling from him. Um, it's just not one that uh, looks like he's going to be a massive fantasy scorer. He's going to be one of those kind of role player type midfielders, I think, that kind of do the heavy lifting and give it to the kind of, uh, you know, the more flashier players that are going to score you some fantasy points. But yeah, what do you think, Kaz, about Willem Drew? Uh, I just love his tackle numbers and stuff like that. That's just what drags him up, isn't it? Just he's in and under, yeah. does everything right. And yeah, look, if a guy doesn't have a ceiling, it can be a bit annoying. But when you're, when you're kind of looking for maybe your last keeper or even your first or second pick in a uh, draft, you know, there's nothing wrong with a guy who's potentially going to average a 90-odd. I know he hasn't quite got there yet. Um, and this is his first year probably, you know, having a full crack in the in the system because he's been injured quite a lot over his career. But I think it's impressive. I, I, I don't know whether it's – I don't know whether you can – I don't know. I don't know. I'm still I'm still 50-50, but I'm liking what I'm seeing because, you know, we've seen him absolutely dominate the Sandfall over the last few years when he's been playing there. And if he can kind of um, add a few more strings to his bow at AFL level, I think he could be a, a decent scorer. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, just because I've like, just been watching him pretty close for the last few years, he just doesn't doesn't look like the fantasy tie to me, but uh, well, we'll see what happens. Um Peter Adams had 85 points and he's been averaging 86.4 since coming to the side in round nine to actually play uh, that kind of main ruck role for a while. But now he's kind of actually getting a ruck forward split, whereas opposed to just being, it was generally just used as more of a forward early on because we even saw a time that Charlie Dixon was taking ruck taps over him. But yeah, look, he's listed as a forward. Hopefully he can maintain that for next year. The thing is, obviously, is the job security is always a concern with him. But I don't know, the fantasy scoring seems to be there. He's averaging 72 for the season, so that's Pretty good for a forward. What do you think? For a forward, it's good. But, you know, you, he's you just- give a, shit about him every week, so. Y- yeah, my issue is for you, like, he's a first in, first or first in, first out kind of, or last in, first out, you know, like, if they need to have a, a scapegoat, it's Pete Laddams. If they want to try three or four, four different forwards, it's Pete Laddams who's out. It's just like, I don't know if that's necessarily fantastic when you know that Scott Lysett's won a very good proper Ruckman and- doesn't really get injured too much. So Look, it's it's not great if you don't have a heap of depth in your side, but it's it'd probably be good if you had a pretty you know, a side that rolled pretty deep that you could roll him out when he is playing and score pretty well. Because, you know, he looks like he'll play the last four rounds of this season and could go okay, say potentially in a grand final if you needed a forward there. So I don't know. Like it depends. I I, I personally don't think he's I don't think he's in our best twenty two, all things considered. But you know, if he's a player that kind of gets a trade or something like that, he may be. So who knows? There was talk of there was talk of him being a lot of people putting him uh, on their wish list last year for a trade, and Port categorically said no. I think Sydney wanted him in the Alir Alir trade, um, for example. But uh, Port Adelaide said no. But who knows? There might be uh, he might be up for grabs this year, and if he does get somewhere. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Charlie Dixon uh, had eighty again, so he kicked four goals. Now, Kays, is he two G four P? What's his average, Hef? Uh Not. Uh, I think it's seventy something, but he's averaging eighty since half the halfway mark of the season. Mm. And I don't know. I just I think there's a bit of a pat in the back to us, just because we've kind of called that his run home would be nice and kind of nice for uh, fantasy wise. But yeah, I, I don't think he's actually two G four P. I just thought I'd put the question to you. Um, I think it's around the seventy mark, just due to his slow start to the season. But yeah, since the halfway mark, 
I don't, know, I don't think there'd be too many teams out there not fielding him at the moment. He's going pretty well. Uh, moving on to some Collingwood players. Uh, Brody Mychek had 87 points and he kicked three goals. And he pops a lot of this from time to time, but he's never going to be a keeper unless you go really deep into the draft pools of your league. So just a bit of a tip of the cap there. Uh, Oliver Henry case. That's Jack Henry's brother, just in case uh, you weren't 100% sure on that one case. Um, 79 points uh, this week. And he's kicked two goals, three. So that's he's hit the scoreboard five times. Um, look, Two good performances in a row. Um, just still not convinced his role, you know, and he's going to be a fantasy type. But I don't know. He's putting up some good numbers. I'm just not sure whether it's they're putting a bit more responsibility into these younger players' hands, uh, you know, with the coaching changeover and things that are going on right now. Any opinion on Oliver Henry, Case? I'm a big fan of Oliver Henry. Um, I think it will take a bit of time before we necessarily see the best of him. But um, he has been impressive in the couple of games that I've, you know, briefly seen of Collingwood and some of his VFL stats are pretty good as well. I think there's obviously there's heaps of young guys coming through uh, Collingwood now like Bianco, Porter, um, Rusco, etc. I think that they're going to initially at some stage be a core group of their their side. So I think he's a he's a very smart stash. I reckon a year or two's time he's going to be um, very very good player. All right, we'll move on to the next game of the round, and that was. Uh Carlton versus North Melbourne. Um, look, Jack Silvani, he had 106 points. And look, he spent a bit of time on the ruck, which I think helped him out a little bit, just got him, you know, around the ball, kind of used as another midfielder. Um, he had 21 disposals, and but only won one hit out. So I'm not sure uh, if that role lasts or if they have another ruck available with, you know, Casbolt and Pitnet, Pitnet out. Um, but monitor, though, if he does get a bit more of a ruck time, gets a few hit outs here and there, because I think he's probably the next tallest player alongside Tom DeConing. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that role lasts. Uh, um, if that role lasts there. Uh, look, speaking of which, Tom DeConing had 84 points and he's loving his time as a number one ruck, I think. Um, he lost the hitouts to Goldie, but still held his own. Spent a bit of time up forward too, so hopefully that uh, DPP status for next season remains. Because, um, yeah, if he keeps that forward status, it'd be pretty nice if he does end up being the number one ruck. Um, but yeah, we talked about this last week. It's kind of like you wish every forward, you need to time them on their transition to either a midfielder or in this case, ruck. It's very rare to find a forward that's going to kick forward status for a long time that's going to score well for you. Don't you reckon? Yeah, it is. And I think this year we've been really blessed with a lot of ruck forward statuses like um, English, Laddams, for example, you know, to an extent. Like there's a few guys who are, who've got that DPP um, and make them a bit more fantasy relevant than they potentially will be. But um, I do like Tom DeConing. I think he kind of fits the eye to being a very good um, fantasy player. Um, so if you can afford to to hold for another year or two until he really kind of develops into that body, I reckon he's he's one for for sure. Yeah, cool. Um, Paddy Dow had seventy seven points. Uh, he was tidy running through the midfield, and he spent. Well, I saw him lining up on the wing at a couple of centre bounces as well. So I'm not sure if this was the catalyst for you know a decent score, but it was just interesting to see. I just think there's hope for Paddy Dow. You know, another preseason under the belt, and who knows what he could be. I'm not saying fantasy gun or anything like that, but I reckon there's just a bit of hope there, um, especially, you know, seeing him get a consistent run and get a pretty decent role. There's a chance he might develop into something half decent. So we'll have to wait and see there. I won't ask for your opinion on Paddy Dow Caves because I think we all know what it is. I just want to know, um, do, you, do you believe in fifth-year breakouts? Fifth-year breakouts? Well, you can get rid of one year through injury, can't you? I don't know. Yeah, I believe in fourth-year ones. You know, we'll see how we go. Okay. Um, Look, let's move on to some North players. I've got a lot of North players here to talk about, so I'll try to get through them quickly. But Nick Larkey had 123 points, and he just had a huge game as a tall forward. Um, I said it a few weeks ago, but there was something I just like about him. Like, 
I think if North were comfortable giving up Ben Brown to just rely on him as their kind of number one forward, yes, they've been, you know, rolling the rucks through there a bit, but there must be something there. And I just think he could be one of the better key forward scorers. It's not general forward scorers, you know, not one of like a top five forward or anything like that. But I think as the key forwards go, and we rolled through them a couple weeks ago, how the kind of all of average between the 70 and 80 mark, I think he's going to be one of those kind of smack bang in the middle, averaging 75 a year, but he's improving each week. And I think, I don't think, you know, someone you want to start playing, you know, near this year or not even next year, but I reckon in two, three years, he's going to be a player that you can just rely on for, you know, a decent 70 each week. What's your thoughts? Yeah, look, uh, you know, I'm a big key forward fan, Hef, so if I know uh, he's tracking that right way, you know, we said the, the King boys uh, dominate this week too. So I think, you know, if he's got those kind of skills, um, I'm all about a good quality key forward and Nick Larky showing some good signs. Uh, Luke Davis Uniac had 87 points and he's just so important to Northside. Well, he's becoming more important to Northside, but just not showing his fantasy scoring, that's all. Um, he's just another one of those players that hasn't really shown a ceiling yet. And I'm a bit concerned about that. Like he's averaging 79 and he's almost getting to 2G4P territory where he's probably like a borderline keeper in most teams, especially like a league like ours where you keep 16. You'd be close to throwing that, uh, you know, and keeping that, throwing him in and keeping him for another season. But, and that's the only reason I've got him as 2G4P because there's not much point talking about him if he's going to be kept in most leagues. But yeah, he's on that borderline. Um, I just would like to see that kind of ceiling raise just a little bit. That's all. Uh, Lou McDonald had 85 points and he started on the wing actually played for quite a bit of the game on the wing but spent a little bit more time in defense and he's been doing that a bit recently like he's just been going back every now and then um you know i think curtis taylor has been coming up to the wing a bit more you know demont's always run along that wing so when that's happening he's kind of moving back uh, into defense a little bit and he just proved a little more uh fruitful for fantasy scoring this week and i think he's going to be a player that you can get pretty cheap next year and i think we we can't ride i don't think we can ride him off too quickly because we've seen a lot players with long layoffs this year they've been really slow to return especially in the fantasy world. And I think the shorter preseason for these players puts them even further behind because, um, you know, the, the season only finished in October, late October last year. And, you know, usually they're well into preseason by then. And then they had the six weeks layoff, uh, six weeks layoff there and then started preseason. And then the season started at the normal time. So I'd just give him a chance for next year. But it also depends on what role he's got as well. Now, do we see um, Zebel and Aaron Hole, Aaron Hole just playing the exact same role? Does Zebel go forward to kind of help a bit more of the uh, scoring power for next year when they've developed a few of these players? Just someone I'm putting my black book and I'm not writing off just yet. Uh, Bailey Scott had 80 points and it's just good to see him put up, you know, a few good scores this year, really. He's still few and far between with those, but he's a player that looks like he's um, scoring a lot better than he is as well. Like he always looks like he's, you know, he'll start like on fire and then he'll only finish on like 80 or something like that or just scrape to 80. So I'm still hopeful of a breakout, but he's one of the fourth year breakouts I think we have to kind of think about. Um, I'm just not sure I love him playing forward as a fantasy score. I'd love to see him on a wing or something like that so he can kind of improve that. But North are pretty well stacked in that area, so I don't really see it happening. Um, but yeah, Jed Anderson, another one. He had 70 points on return from injury and he spent a lot of time up forward in the first half. He kicked two goals and then gave a couple off as well. And then he was back in the midfield a lot more in the second half. But I reckon he's a player that smart coaches you'd buy low on now because he can score like a primo when he gets up and about. And if he gets forward status over the last few rounds, he could be a superb pickup for next year. So he's one I'd just be looking at. Um, do I expect the forward role to continue? Probably not. I think it's just more, you know, because he was playing forward earlier in his career. I reckon it was just kind of to ease him back in his first game back. And I expect him to go do a lot of that grunt work in the inside midfield. But you look at that North Melbourne midfield and there's a lot of mouths to feed in there. What do you think, guys? Yeah, he can be. And, and the thing about Anderson is he always feels like he's been around a lot longer than he is. Oh, he's been around a lot, a long time, I should say, but he's a lot yeah. younger than what you kind of think he is. He's only kind of mid-20s. So, um, yeah, the season that he had, was it last year or the year before? Was, was yeah, last year was good. huge. Yeah. And 
as you said, with um, with guys coming back from injury layoff, you know, you can always um, give them a bit of extra time. You know, we've seen Jamont take a few weeks to get into his kind of game and the same side. So, yeah, I, I think you can definitely get him cheaper. Um, and, yeah, one to look at, especially if you are kind of building towards a flag and, and you want some depth in that side. Not necessarily the massive, massive premium, but, you know, a genuine 9,500 kind of score. Well, yeah, he, he is going to be 28 by the start of next season. So, I don't know if we can claim that as mid-20s. I think that might be more late-20s. But, um, look, look if you, he's, he had that huge season last year. But even this year, like, he had 127. In his first game this year, he scored 127. And then in his second game of the year, he got injured at halftime and he was already on 60. So, I think the ceiling is there. I think he just needs the fitness. And then, like, we saw him kind of up forward for a lot of this game. I don't think he touched the ball in the first quarter, to be honest. I think it took him a little bit while to get on. Then still put on 70. I reckon the... I reckon he does have the ceiling. I reckon he can be a 100-plus uh, midfielder. And if he gets that four status, not guaranteeing it, but we'll watch over the next few weeks. If he can get it, geez, he's going to be tasty for next year. Um, last one I just want to talk about, just Curtis Taylor. He had 68 points, but he's getting a lot of time on the, on the wing. I think I mentioned that just before. So just one to monitor, I think, if uh, he can kind of maintain a role like that. We see someone like Jared Pollock on the bit of the outer at the moment. Um, if he was to come in and play his role full-time, could be handy because he'll probably be listed as a forward again next year. So just something to think about. Okay, let's move on to your first game that you watched on the weekend. Uh, it was the Q Clash on Saturday. Now, Hef, Jeremy Sharp had 112. Can we 2G4P the Sharpedo right now? I've already written in the show notes because I do them before we do the show, anticipating what we're going to say so I don't have to write them really late at night. Uh, I've said we bid farewell to him. So, yes. Wow. 2G4P. He was fantastic. He had 31 touches and a goal win. A great outside runner. Um, highlighted the fact he didn't lay a tackle and still managed to get 112 points. Now, Love it. Um, while some... Doubters may say that he's been a bit lucky because obviously Brandon Ellis is out, Markov's been out, and they're the two weeks he's cashed up, cashed in, I should say. But to be honest, man, he still racked up the big points. He, he runs hard, works hard, has lots of speed. He's a really good size too, really well built. So um, I think he is going to be an absolute beauty. Um, I think, yeah, you, you've got to be impressed with what you're seeing with Jeremy Sharp and and the um, the Suns play Carlton this week. So uh, I think he could be licking your lips for another big score from Jeremy Sharp. Well, especially with Ellis um, going to be out again this week. So, Ellis went down really early in the uh, first quarter last week and then Mm -hmm. um, he kind of came on from there and then again, Ellis was out this week. Now, I'm not taking anything away from him because I think if you're a – is he a second-year player? Second-year. Yeah, if you're a second-year player and you're managing to put up these kind of numbers consistently – you know, something that, you know, say someone like Harry Schoenberg can't do. Um, Look, I think there's no doubt he's going to be a fantasy jet, so I'm happy to 2G4P him. Oh, thank you, Happy. Um (laughs) – other guys for the Gold Coast, Josh Corbett had 88 points. Um, and for me, it was a bit of a surprise packet for the Suns. Uh, kicked three goals, had 16 touches and took seven marks. Look, he takes a really nice grab. Um, he's already tunned up this year uh, before. And look, at 25 years old, he's in that prime time for a, for a key forward. Um, a bit more of a tip of the cap, I think, with Corbett. But um, he's definitely showing some talent. So maybe one just to monitor and, and might be worth a, a really late pickup next year as some depth for your side. Uh, Matty Rowell had 73 points, just keeps building. Um, he was on 50 at half time, and I thought, man, he's back, um, but just faded off in that last half. And and he is working hard. He's doing a, a shit ton of the grunt work in the middle for the Suns. Um, you know, he had 14 touches and six tackles, and he's just helped took go from that inside player to the outside player. So he's been a, a big key, I reckon, um, you know, with uh, Greenwood last year and, and Rao this year, just helping Took be the outside gun that he is. If he can get out to the outside, I think he's going to be very good. And I think that's obviously going to be in their, their plans at some stage. So just keep the faith of 2022. I think he's, he's building nicely. 
Uh, and lastly, for the Suns, Will Brody had 67. So he came on very early in the game, uh, had 20 touches on. Uh, Oleg Markov went off with a hammy very early on. So, um, had a fair bit of, had a fair bit of, uh, game time, did Will. But look, he is slower than your 14 day quarantine, Hef. Um, if you're going to play him, I-, I think the Suns need to get him into, um, Rouse role so he can play more outside. But I don't know. Yes, he played on the weekend and he, and he got 20 touches, but that's, nothing was really damaging. And he, as I said, he's a bit slow. So I'm not too sure if he's going to be around the Suns too much longer. I think he might be, uh, one of those, Guys that have been loved for his fantasy prowess, but uh, potentially not that much chop as a as an actual player. Your thoughts? Oh, I don't think Stewie G loves him either, which is uh, not good for anyone he plays for the Sun. So I think he might battle a little bit, but good to see him. You know, come back in the side and actually put up a half decent score given his uh, game time. Indeed. Uh, now onto the Lions. Oscar McInerney had ninety seven points. Uh, look, yes, he was very good. He played a good game, but end of day he rocked against Chris Burgess. So we can't get too excited. I don't think. He had the 39 hitouts against uh, Burgess's 13. Look, Omak had 18 touches around the ground, which is very good. But for me, he just mixes his form a bit too much for my liking, especially as a, a number one ruck and a genuine number one ruck. I think if you're, um, you, you've got him as your, your lead ruckman in your fantasy side, I think you need something a bit more. So, um, yes, it's a good game, but it's almost a bit of a disappointed tip of the cap in a way because, um, you know, he should have feasted. He did. Um, but, yeah, I'm still a bit worried about Omak. And lastly, Jared Berry had 38 points. And to be honest, mate, I'm not sure where he's at. Um, yes, he has been injured a lot this year, but even at the start of this season, didn't offer too much. And to be honest, mate, I'm not even sure he's capable. Like his numbers are very poor. You're taking a risk on a guy who's, what, fourth or fifth season and, and really has promised but never delivered. So I think he's a bit in fantasy no man's land, Jared Berry. What was his role in this game, Case? Was he Just on the wing? That, yeah, and I don't know if it really suits him that much. It's just a, I just don't think he has the inside game as well to kind of boost those numbers up either. So, I don't know. I've, I haven't watched him for a long time, admittedly. He, well, not he's closely anyway. He's probably get hurt by the in- inclusion of like Jared Lyons into that side. You know, if you didn't have him, potentially there's a bit more of a role. And if you if the Lions are keen on getting Rayner into that mix next year, yeah, I don't know. I don't know really know what he does in that side. Yeah, and they've got a pretty like deep midfield as well with, you know, some genuine, you know, good younger players coming through as well. So, yeah, it's it's hard. It is. Sorry, just a sip of my non kombucha there. Just uh, oh, you mean, it was definitely remedy kombucha. What are you talking about? Sorry, it was definitely remedy kombucha. <laughs> Drinks nothing but. <laughs> um, on to West Coast Saint Kilda. Kick it off with Max King from the Saints. It was a really good weekend to be a King. Uh, ben kicked three and Max kicked six. Maxi was just absolutely dominant. Took eight contested marks. Um, I think. I saw some stat where 10 contested marks by Wayne Carey was the record. So that's how good he was in the air. He just looked absolutely on. Um, 13 touches and took nine marks in total. So in eight of those contested, that's a a genuine day. And he did add six goals, one. So just a perfect game from from, uh, Maxi. Now, Hef, you know I love a key forward. And I think that the Kings will be absolute menaces soon. They've been hyped up for a long time. This is their third year. You can always give a key forward a few more extra years. Um, they're only 21. So I think in a year or two, they could be genuine fantasy threats. Look, just keep in mind that your uh, top highest averaging uh, key forward this year is Taylor Walker still, I think. So just keep that in the back of your mind. What's his average though? That's the big question. Because if you look at uh, forwards across the board, it doesn't take much uh much scoring at all to be a, a top forward. Walker's averaging seventy eight this year. Seventy eight. So, so he's just yeah. in the in the top. Tw- he's just in the top thirty. So look, yeah, 
It is hard, yeah. I get what you're saying, but we have yeah. seen. I don't know. I feel that this could be just a genuine Remini kombucha gut feel, but I feel that Keith Ford's been a lot more consistent this year potentially than years past as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think like earlier in the year, it looks it looks, looks at the start of the year that looks looks like Keith Ford's are going to score better. I just and you know it's always because the game's so open at the start of the year, and then um, everyone kind of attributed to the the new rules. But it's just always the case, and the game starts to slow down and lock down a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I don't I avoid them for for a good reason. I think because you know if you look at the scoring history in like over the last five uh, years or so, um, yeah, they're not doing too much at the moment. Pretty much since we saw the end of you know Rewalt Pavlich, those mm-hmm. kind of guys, and Franklin Prime Franklin, um, they've kind of gone downhill a bit. That's all. Uh, Dan Butler had 90 points, and it was good to see him get back to his best form after a long period of insignificance. Uh, he had 20 touches and two snags, but what I liked about his game, he just put on a heap of pressure up forward and, and looked dangerous, kind of what he was doing when he was at his best last year. Uh, the thing about him is he's only 30% owned, so if he's kind of found his form back, I reckon he's worth a go if you are looking for some forward depth uh, coming into finals. Um the Saints have some some okay uh, matchups coming up. They have uh, we got Carlton, Sydney, Geelong, and Fremantle. So there's there's a good chance that that Butler could you know kick a few goals, especially against uh, Carlton this week and Fremantle in the grand final. So one to look at if you just need a bit of depth up there. Uh, for the Eagles, Jake the Snake Waterman had 94 points and just roamed the ground really nicely. Played a, a high half forward role, uh, kicked 12 marks, and had 16 touches. Heffy also hit the scoreboard four times, but unfortunately only kicked the one goal three. But we'll forgive him. I love I love it when guys hit the scoreboard and I love it when they play that high half-forward role. Um, and he did play that similar role against the Dogs um, when he last played for the, the Eagles, but then got dropped for a few weeks. Look, when he plays, he usually actually plays pretty well and, and can play a role for their side, but I just don't know if he's best 22. And, and if he was, I think he could be a genuine fantasy option or, or potentially if he got traded, it'd be a good uh, fantasy smoky, I reckon. But yeah, just not best 22, Hef. What's his role? Like, is he is he a key forward? Is he a general forward? Is he a part-time midfielder? Is he a winger? Is he a half-back flanker? Like, those are roles he's played all yeah. throughout, but it's mm. like, doesn't lock down any of them, you know? It's, um yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to say with someone like Jake Waterman, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'd love to see him at another club. I'm just not sure if that does happen. I think he likes the club he's at, to be honest. Fair enough, because they're, they're a good, solid club and, and will probably play finals, uh, you know, for the next few years. Uh, Harry Edwards had 86 points for the Eagles, just the big key back there, but was comfortably beaten by Max King. Um, look, he, he took 12 marks and had 16 touches. And look, on his day, he can score, but he's a developing, you know, 20-year-old key back and um, will just take a bit of time. So just a bit, a bit more of a tip of the cap, um, especially while he just um, works on his craft. And Jamie Cripps had 85 points and backed up his ton from the week prior. Had 17 touches and kicked one goal too. Uh, he's in very good touch as well. Um, as I said, they got the, the Pies and Frio coming up in their next two. And look, at 65% ownership, I reckon, um, you know, if you if you, he's still around, I reckon he's in that vein of form where you just ride someone on a hot streak like him. So worth looking at um, if you need a forward. Hef. Um, yeah, I owned Jamie Cripps uh, a long time ago in my, in my premiership year, actually. He was quite handy uh, that year, but I just don't see him getting back to, you know, that kind of form. He's getting on a bit now, isn't he, as well? I don't know what his age is. Yeah, late 20s. Yeah, 
No, not for me. Like more of a tip of the cap, I think. Kind of these kind of performances these days. Not something I get too excited about. Um, we're going to move on to the Adelaide versus Hawthorne yeah, game. Now, we the are. first player we're going to talk about is Harry Schoenberg. So before the uh, that we started recording, um, you tweeted out uh, 100 likes before we start tonight's pod and Hef gets a Harry Schoenberg tattoo or at least offers a formal apology to Kays and Harry. Now, first of all, since when did you remember the password to uh, the main uh, podcast account? Because you haven't posted anything up there for ages and, uh, does that mean you're going to start doing a bit more of the uh, heavy lifting on the socials these days or what's the go there? I only use it in cases of emergency and uh, okay. tonight was very much a case of emergency because Harry was awarded the rising star this week. Oh, so there was only like 19 better players that were probably, you know, m- 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 predominantly first year players that got it before him, right? Um, look, you know how <laughs> it takes a bit of time. They they really reward a body of work before they get around it. And uh, Harry's obviously just put together a very, very good season. And they just thought it wouldn't be 2021 if we didn't give Harry Schoenberg a, a, um, a rising start nomination. All right, guys, before we get started, I'm going to say I'm not I'm not going to give you an apology tonight. I'm sorry. Um, I apologise for that, but not for the actual uh, not for the apology itself. Because first of all, I still haven't received an apology for Andrew Brayshaw two or three years ago. So, what are you talking um, about? I'm, I'm still waiting for that one. I definitely conceded Andrew Brayshaw. No, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever got one. I can't remember it. That's for sure. It wasn't memorable. I'm more than happy to apologise for Andrew Brayshaw. Yeah, now more you're more than happy. happy. We haven't anyway. spoken about him for like a year on the pod. He's been not He's even been- pod worthy for so long. Well, I think he's been 2G4P before you could apologise. That's probably why. Uh, he's um, fair. But anyway, uh, 96 points. And look, he's had a great uh, few weeks anyway. I'm starting to come around a bit more, okay? I don't think he's going to be the 80 to 90. I think he's going to be the 90 to 95 average midfielder now. I've kind of, uh, you know, pumped up my expectations a little bit. But I just don't think he's going to be 100 plus from then on. And I'll, look, I'll say this right now. When he becomes a 100 plus averaging midfielder, I will 100% say sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, look, let's keep in mind these big scores this year have only come against North and Hawthorne, really. And he's had a good game against West Coast, but they lost to North Melbourne the week prior. So they were horribly out of form at the time and they kind of got played into form against the Crows. Um, but look, he has been accumulating a lot more of the footy. And, you know, I just worry you've got Laird, Keys racking up bulk fantasy points in midfield at the moment. Crouch will come back this week, but he probably won't be at the Crows too much longer. We'll have to wait and see. Um, well, there's a chance Crouch comes back this week because he did play his second uh, trial match back. Um, and then I think you're just going to have a top, like an influx of top-end draftees over the next few years as well. So I just don't know how he becomes that 100-plus midfielder. Like, he'd have to kind of really get on his bike and kind of overtake a lot of players in his side. And I just don't know if he does that in the Crows' side. Um, yeah, and look, if he gets 100-plus, if he becomes a 100-plus average midfielder, I will 100% uh, say sorry. Look, if he has three games, say starts a year, like, you know, in three years' time, and he goes 100 average after his first four games of, say, 2023, I'll say sorry then. All right? So when we get him on the pod next year, you'll just, you know, worship at his feet like you did with Ben Keys, where you doubted him all year, then all of a sudden you're his biggest fan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Correct. When he's on the podcast, I'll start liking him for sure. <sighs> you are an absolute worry. Look, mate, uh, you have to you have to earn my respect, and that respect is uh, coming onto my podcast or becoming a 100-plus average midfielder, one of the two. Um, anyway, uh, Elliot Himmelberg had 87 points. He had 11 kicks and no handballs, which we really love to see as a ratio, uh, nine marks and two goals as well. It's a good performance, but, you know, against a side that was equal bottom on points, uh, just more of a tip-of-the-cap performance there. Um, Dylan Moore had 97 points, and he was playing that high half-forward role, had 13 kicks, 12 handballs and five marks, but he's up and down like a yo-yo, so I just think he needs consistency I did see somewhere he ha- is leading I think leading the comp for inside 50 tackles 
mm. which I think was kind of, a, oh, no, sorry, second maybe or something like that. Um, so you can lay a tackler too. So he does get a few points that way, which is uh, nice to see. If he keeps that up and keep, maintains four status, he could be a decent one to look at. I think with another year under his belt, um, another preseason next year, he could be one to consider next year. Um, I yeah. am thinking about keeping him. Yeah, he's getting to that point, isn't he? Um, yeah, 21 years old, genuine forward. And, you know, yes, he's been a bit up and down, but he's put up to, what's he, he's had 90, 80, 90, 100s, 70s, 80s. He's had a fair good scores. Yeah, there's been some poor ones, but um, I think he's just kind of getting that consistency as this season goes on. And what I love is he's got that um, that uh, Andrew McPherson observable thirst. I think he just wants to be involved and wants to kick and tackle. All right. So, yeah. so Kays is considering keeping Dylan Moore. So that must mean uh, he's in contention. So have a look at him in your league. See if he's available. It might be a little bit of a trading target, um, perhaps uh, depending on how deep you roll with keepers. But yeah, one to have a look at. Uh, Lockie Bramble last for Hawthorne had 81 points and he's got a great role for fantasy right now off the halfback flank. But uh, the positive thing as well is Hardwick and uh, Scrimshaw were back in this week. So it's good signs to see he's still put up 80 with those um, guys back in the side because there's a bit of conjecture about that. But Day and Impey are still out of the side too. So I'm not sure how it's going to work out when everyone's fit. Like, yes, you can see Day go up to the wing. Um, yeah, how many mouths are they going to be to feed when Impey uh, comes back in next year? Who knows? But um, yeah, look, really encouraging signs at the moment. And he's one to definitely think about in drafts because I don't think he's been picked up in too many leagues. And um, yeah, if you don't play waivers like us, he's going to be there in the draft and it's just going to be interesting to see where he goes all right guys on to the next game yes the d's v the dogs kick it off with alex neil bullen he had 105 points and he was very very good on saturday night 25 touches seven tackles and seven clearances as well look he's always been a solid player but uh on saturday night he just shone look i'd love for these kind of numbers to be the norm for him but i unfortunately think it's a bit of a a one-off game um, he did seem to be a bit more up on the wing as opposed to the half forward, which is positive for him. But look, we know Melbourne's midfield is pretty damn strong. Um, and yeah, I, I just don't know where the, the consistent growth would come from with him at the moment uh, because he plays that, you know, wing half forward role very well. So um, we do know that that can often be a, um, a capped kind of scoring uh, capacity with that. So um, look, he's, he's going to be a very solid scorer as a, as a forward, but uh, I just don't know if he's going to be that, that premium that you might be looking for. Uh, Jaden Hunt had 85 points, uh, 23 touches, but did burn the footy a bit at times. Look, he had a good fantasy game, but uh, the Jaden Hunt from three to five years ago, they're just gone, unfortunately. Um, RIP Jaden, but tip of the cap to you. Uh, Cosy Pickett had 78 and I've said it once, and I'll say it a million times more, Cosy Pickett would have to be one of my most favourite guys to watch play footy. He's just an absolute enigma. He had 13 touches, kicked two goals, two, uh, but laid eight tackles up forward. And when he's up and about, he is just electric. His pressure was elite on Saturday night. He's had a good couple of weeks after a lean month, and I actually really like him as a future fantasy prospect. I know the you know the pressure, crumbing kind of small forward role can be uh, a bit of a tough fantasy role, but... I think he's got a few more strings to his bow than just your your average player. Half. What do you reckon about Cosy? Uh, don't like. He's had a good month. Uh, I think he had a big game against uh, us, Port Adelaide, too. I can't remember what he did last week, but um, yeah, he's one of the better ones for sure. But I just think just that role, like you, you, you can't really name too many good kind of small crumbing forwards unless he gets that kind of midfield role consistently. Uh, not someone I look at drafting. That's all. And lastly, for the game, Josh Shackey had 85 points. And this is probably a score that not many people saw coming. Um, Josh Shackey was apparently brought into the side to play forward and stretch the Melbourne defence. But uh, Alex Keith went down very early in the game and Josh Shackey slotted in nicely at halfback, 
So uh, he's actually been playing down there in the VFL and just got rolled into that role um, in kind of a breaking case of emergency. And he was actually very, very good. I uh, took 17, uh, sorry, six marks and 17 touches and even chopped out in the ruck um, for Tim English with four hitouts. Now, the Dogs have some handy matchups coming up. They're playing the Hawks and Bombers in the next few games. And uh, what we know is that Ryan Gardner's out for a while. Uh, Alex Keith is out for a while. Steph Martin's out for a while. So he's basically got pure job security for the next two to four weeks. He's only 3% owned and as a forward playing back, could be a very handy pickup if you just need some bench cover or uh, depending on how the, the games line up, maybe some uh, some loophole cover because he's uh, very confident taking the ball in the air when it's kind of coming to him and, and just looks quite natural back there. Do you know apparently his surname is pronounced Shesh? Is this some stitch up? Nah, well, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't trust the source. A mate told me that, but um, yeah, apparently, if you're the proper pronunciation of the surname, and he's apparently said it himself that you pronounce it Shesh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that one. That's cool. Um, now, oh, if it had yeah, like one maybe. of those little inflections on the e, it could be Shashe or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Shashe. I don't mind that. Um, I, uh, he's coming up. He's going to probably play on Tex Walker this week, so that's going to be pretty uh, interesting to see how he goes there. The, uh, one of the better key forwards in the game at the moment. So we'll see how he goes. But um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's move on to Sydney versus uh, Fremantle. So um, Errol Golden, I think he's a 2G4P player already, but he had 105 on the weekend. He was just awesome on the wing. Um, I'm just thinking, this is not sure how long he keeps his forward status for if he's playing that wing role. He did kick a goal pretty early on in this game, so he might um, he float up there still a bit, but it looks like he's starting on the wing a lot of the centre bounces. Um, will be a fantasy gun for sure, though, I think, so it's not really going to matter what position he has in the future. He's definitely going to be keepable wherever he is. Um, Tom Hickey had 99 points, and you would have been happy picking him as a ruck this year, especially if you relied on in your ruck department. He could have been your saviour this year, and he was really good against Sean Darcy on the weekend. Um, lost the hitouts by one, but was still good around the ground. I think he actually scored more than Darcy. I think Darcy got around 90. I think Darcy came off injured again, didn't he? I can't quite remember. I believe but, uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great for Darcy owners as well, but look, he's averaging 80 this year, so um, just a tip of the cap for the whole season, really. Um, hopefully, it continues on to next year and he can kind of continue to be an 80 average ruckman because you'd be pretty happy if you picked him up this year in your draft. Uh, Oliver Florent had 95 points this week and you just love to see him do this more often and he's capable of this, but you just don't see it often enough. Um, I think he did get a couple CBAs, but still a bit outside as well, so it's good that he's mixing it up a little bit, but yeah, still not loving his inconsistencies, that's all. Uh, Dane Rampey had 84 points and he's not a bad scorer for a kind of taller defender. Um, average of 72, the type that, you know, would like be in draft pools most year, but you can pick him up and play him as like F5 quite uh, quite convincingly each uh, year and um, yeah, can be a handy player through there. So a bit of a tip of the cap through there. And uh, Nathan Wilson's another one I'm tipping the cap to. He had 94 points um, and he's put up a good scores off halfback for Freo this season, but just doesn't do it enough enough. So nah, like I said, good score, but not something, it's not someone I'm really looking at. So not a lot going on in that game for in terms of keep leagues that aren't already 2G4P or people that we haven't talked about a lot this year. So we'll move on to Geelong versus Richmond case. We will. And we got to see a glimpse of what Jack Ross could be. He had 99 points on the weekend, the 25 touches and nine marks and covered the ground really nicely and just played one of those games that just makes you a bit more frustrated as a fantasy fan because we know he's got the fantasy ability, but he just never gets that opportunity. Uh, just showed when he kind of gets a run through the midfield, obviously uh, Dusty's out and he kind of picked us on the slack there. And, and we saw Shane Edwards kind of go off injured again early and kind of come back and just play properly the whole game. So Jack Jack Ross is probably their their best midfielder in terms of you know um, disposals and and just drive. So I'd love to say I want to 
pace of him, but he plays for Richmond, and that is just not good for fantasy. If you're a Jack Ross owner, what are you going to do with him at the end of the year? Definitely not keep him. Um, I know. Oh, we didn't really talk about uh, teams. Uh, we, we probably should mention that um, I screwed we'll myself even. Break. We'll do it after the break. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I was going to say, I screwed myself even further by rising further up the ladder, but we'll talk about that later. Um, look, uh, Jack Ross, not keeping him. Not at this stage. I've got too many kind of guys with potential coming up. Unless he does this like for the next four weeks, you know, he goes 99, 80, then I'll start thinking about him, you know. But right now, um, especially with like Dusty Martin out at the moment, you, know, you said Edwards out too. I'm not sure how much of that midfield time he actually gets long term, that's all. Mm, agreed. Uh, Dan Rioli had 83 points and I thought he was pretty good across half back, provided a bit of hustle as a, a genuine defender and then uh, was very attacking with his run um, forward. Look, I think it's his spot now. Uh, I think Dim has settled on that. We saw Liam Baker kind of play more of a half forward wing role and uh, I think that Dan Rioli might not be the worst option for the rest of the year if you just need some some cover up forward. He's, he's listed as a forward. We're playing half back. And I think Richmond are at the stage where I don't know if they necessarily want to make finals. I think they're a bit uh, dead dark and they might try a few things at this um, stage of the year. So Dan Rowley might um, be worth a look. Obviously, um, Jaden Shaw is the, the main distributor back there. And, um, you know, historically, there's only ever one good Richmond defender and that's usually Hooley. And um, Rowley's kind of slotted into that old Jaden Short role. But look, he's doing all right and he's not very highly owned. So if you do need some cover, maybe have a look. Uh, Matty Parker had 80 points and he's just one you can't ever fault his determination. Had 19 touches and eight tackles. Rolled through the midfield as well, which is nice. So he was another who copped, uh, sorry picked up a bit of Dusty's slack. Um, 68 points and 80 in his two AFL games this year. I think the Tigers will keep rolling him through that midfield because he's just an absolute tackling machine and is just so hungry. Uh, another one who could be worth a look at at 40% owned as a, a centre forward. But I suppose the, the big question is... Should we get too excited about guys like Rioli, Ross, Parker? You know, Sydney Stack was playing. He wasn't too bad early. Ryan Manser was solid. Where do the, all these guys sit in the Tigers' side? There's, there's been a lot of outs in their, in their team. Are they getting towards the end of the year? Are they going to shake things up here for? Is it just, you know, you know, see these guys, see what they can do and then put them back in the VFL for most of next year again? You might see a few of these players stand up with a few decent scores here and there if they are tried. But I think... It's more looking at the way Richmond play and it's it's they're a team that has, you know, no passengers type thing, which mean often means like a, a real even spread of fantasy scoring. So I think we just need to look at the way Richmond kind of play and make an assessment on that more so, you know, on an individual, you know, player by player basis, I think, before you can get too excited about any of them. That's that is. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, Mark O'Connor for the Cats had 70 points and had a solid game. And I'm, I'm actually quite a fan of Mark O'Connor in real footy. And I actually think he could be a, a fantasy type, but he just always plays that role um, that his team needs him. So whether it's tagging, whether it's some you know back pocket job, he just does it all. Um, you could make the case for him as a back centre, but I'm not too sure how what his split is like this year and if he'd lose that back status. And he might be one once Zach Tui retires that he could be a natural replacement as an attacking uh, half-backer, but on the flip side, he's probably a bit too valuable as a, as a tagger for the Cats too. He, he's one of those ones that really interests me just because I, I think there's something there, but it's probably at the wrong team. Hef, any thoughts? Just uh, he's probably with the with the tagging with the tagging kind of role he gets because it's not every week he gets it, but if he does maintain back centre status, which we, he probably will, he most likely will, He's probably worth picking up in the mid to late stages of your draft just to, mm -hmm. you know, stream him when he does do something pretty, you know, puts up a decent score. 
Yeah. Uh, Cryan Myers had 67 and just one I can't catch this year. He's a real fantasy floozy. Uh, had 36 points in the first half and in the first quarter, I should say, and then 31 points in the next three. So, uh, goes really hot and then runs really cold. And look, I know he's missed a bit of footy this year, but he just floats in and out of games too much. And if you want to use your your thirst analogy, you know, I think that Dylan Moore has, he just wants it. He wants to tackle, he wants to harass, he wants to chase, he wants to kick goals. I just don't know if Brian Myers has that same appetite for, for wanting to find the footy. And look, he's highly proven and, and he did once upon a time, he used to be a, a very good fantasy scorer when he was a mid, changed his game to be that forward role. But he would have been a, a guy that people might have drafted early this year, kind of thinking that he might be a long-term keeper. But I'm not too sure if he is. I know he's only 22, but would you, you know, maybe find a spot for him in your side if you you needed a you know last forward with your 15th or 16th pick in our league, F? Uh, I'd rather I'd probably just rather go with you know a few players that may not have you know scored as well as him in the past or scored as well as him this year, but have got more potential. Like someone I don't know what's what's his average this year? Do you know? Do you have a handy? I don't really know what it is. Um, Wouldn't be big. I've probably got it. No, he has missed missed a fair chunk of footy, but um, yeah, he's averaging 66. Yeah, see, like if I look at someone like um, uh, Dev Robertson, who's kind of Mm -hmm. not averaging as much as he is, he's a player I'd rather, I'd still rather keep on the back of, you know, future potential. So look, Robertson's averaging, what, 61? Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not too bad, I guess. But um, yeah, like I'd just rather go for, you know, your younger type players or someone like, say if you own like a Trent Rivers or something like that, I'd rather keep someone like that with a bit more potential than someone we've kind of seen for a few years now. Um, Just put up the same old, same old. Great call. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, Essendon we're agreeing versus- so much tonight, have you realised? Yeah, I know. Maybe we're- Maybe apart from the Harry Schoenberg call. I don't know what's going on. Maybe oh. it's because we're not in the same room. We miss each other too much. Maybe that's well, it. Maybe. Well, here's a player I'm sure you won't agree with, but it's uh, Sam Taylor from GWS. He had 103 points, and I'm happy to declare this. The Oracle is very keen on him, and I think Sam Taylor is going to be a very, very good fantasy player. Uh, he just knows how to rate them up. For me, he kind of is a bit Jordan Ridley-like, can take a really good intercept mark, uh, can lock a player down, and also just wants to find the footy. Uh, he's excellent overhead, took 11 marks last night and had 21 touches, and for me, to the eye, he ticks all the boxes for a, a very good fantasy-friendly key defender. Uh, he's only 25% owned, so it could be one you could bring in this year if you're towards the bottom of the table and, and are looking to head to next year because I, for one, will certainly be drafting him next year. I think he's going to be a very good player. Yeah, uh, just the key to, like, yeah, just the key defender thing for me doesn't really do it for me. You don't see a lot of them that are good fantasy scorers. If you're going on, you know, stats and probability and all that sort of stuff, it's unlikely that they turn into great fantasy scorers. Like, you look at his scoring this year, he's had two 100s, but, you know, two weeks before this, he's had 50s. So, I think that's what you're going to get from him. So, yes, can go big, but can also, you know, play the defensive roles and just not score big as well. So, not someone I love. I'd rather get someone who's a bit more consistent and going to get you a 70 each week. That's all. Thank God we've disagreed. Uh, Tom <laughs> Green, 100 points. This kid is very, very good, Hef. Uh, his third ton for the season and his last month has been last month has been exceptional. Uh, he had 29 touches and, look, it, he actually contested a few ruck contests, which is nuts. Um, look, in a team stacked with quality mids, it's quite amazing to me to see a second-year player kind of have the influence he can on a game. Averaging 73 this year, and I know not many Tom Green owners will want to sell, but if you could buy some shares, if he's somehow managed to get him out of uh, another coach's grasp, I think you'd want him. He just ticks all the boxes for me. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's going to be a gun. So there's um, the thing is like he's you're not going to get him off many you know coaches mm. either. They're going to be holding on to him. So yeah, I don't know whether it's he's obviously not two G four P kind of caliber just yet, but it's going to be hard to kind of get your hands on him now. I think. Now a boy who is always two G four P is Brent Daniels, seventy nine points. The Keeper League podcast poster boy kicked the goal, 17 touches, five tackles. I just love him. Uh, he's had a really solid last three weeks after coming back from injury. Um, had a horribly um, interrupted preseason and, and just hasn't got going until late. I think he's one you could draft late um, next year. He's got that uh, Dylan Moreness about him. I think he's going to be a very good player. Only 22. And uh, yeah, he has some. I just like him. I just like him and I'll be taking him next year. Uh, Fair enough. Ash had 72 points. um, And as an Ash owner, I was keeping my eye on him very closely. Uh, Leon Cameron deployed him into the midfield to tag Darcy Parrish. And I think he well and truly took the honours over Parrish. Uh, Ash had 13 touches and a goal and Parrish only had the 15 touches and a goal and only scored 69 points, whereas Ash had that 72. Look, interested to see what happens with him. He's He's a classy player and he has been in and out of the side the last few weeks, but... I think there are shades of Harry Schoenberg here. I think he's just a, an impactful kind of player, uses the ball beautifully. Um, they tried him at halfback, potentially didn't work out that well, but I think he's got plenty of class. I think he was pick five in the draft a couple of years ago and coming into his third year dra- uh, third year breakout year, I reckon it could be a big 2022 for Lockie Ash. Are you worried that though, like with the effectiveness of his, um, I guess, run with role with Darcy Parrish that, you know, this might stifle his fantasy scoring if he's playing like a tagging role and did it well? Like, I think earlier in the year, you really liked him off that halfback flank and he seemed like he played like a great fantasy role off that halfback flank as well. But then you saw Isaac coming, Whitfield come back into the side, uh, Connor Arden, who you'll talk about next, um, mm. is playing back there as well. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess he's still young, but I don't know. Do you reckon there's any cause for concern there? I don't think there's any cause for concern. I think potentially what's happened with Whitfield coming back in, he took one of their roles and I think Cummings is a bit more of a natural half back flanker than Ashes. I think Ashes are a genuine fantasy type. I think they all are. But um, someone had to make way. And, and Iden's a bit taller. You know, Taylor's taller. Um, so I think Ash was the one who kind of had to give. And they've obviously tried to reprogram him in the in the VFL and it's worked out all right. To be honest, mate, I don't hate the, the run with roles because it leads those guys to the footy. You know, without Ash being in that midfield, you know, where Parrish is, he probably wouldn't have got as many touches. So, um, as a young player, it doesn't necessarily worry me. If he was 26, it would be worrying me. But um, I'm happy for him to kind of build up his tank. It's only his second year. and uh, I'm, thinking, know- I'm thinking more so along the lines of, are like, you worried that, say, he does that for, you know, the rest of this season and he loses the back status or something like that. It's probably unlikely at this stage, but... Mm. Which, and then would you, would he be worth as much if he's just doing that? I don't know. Probably not. If he loses his back status, he loses a lot of value. Um, yeah. But I don't think he's going to just quietly, but I'm yeah. just saying as a you know, devil's advocate type thing. Yeah. I suppose if it was, you'd rather have Isaac coming, I suppose, in your stable. But um, I think Ash is going to be a good player. I think if you draft him at pick five, you, you've obviously got him in your plans. They do have a who's averaging? Midfield. Sorry, who's averaging more out of coming and Ash at the moment? Anyway, I just want to think about back to your bet earlier. Yeah, in no, that in was a, yeah, coming smoking him. Ah, so Oracle is wrong every now and then. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> every now and then. 
when it doesn't matter. Uh, but we'll get on to Connor Iden. He had 72 points and kind of is in a similar mould to, to Taylor. I really like the look of how he's tracking. He had 16 touches and seven marks and he's had some really solid games, but also some poor ones. But he is only 20, so there's something about him and I reckon he's going to be more than a serviceable, serviceable defender for, for many years. He's that hybrid kind of size and provides plenty of run and drive, which is uh, usually pretty fantasy conducive. So um, I reckon he's a, worth a late pickup in, in a draft next year too. And I just wanted to say that Jesse Hogan, he had 71 points and I was impressed with how he moved. He kind of looked um, keen and had a bit of that glimpse that maybe is back towards his best. Uh, he's managed to play five games this year. Uh, his lowest has been a 66. His best has been a 104, uh, sitting at an average of 77. So if you are earning him, I reckon I'd hold because he's just showing enough um, that he's... he's um, he wants to find the footy and he looks fit and, and kind of keen. And if 66 is the worst score that he's going to pull out all year, I reckon he's, he's definitely worth a hold as a, as a forward, especially. Uh, on to the Bombers. Uh, just, Hef, have we 2G4P'd Will Snelling yet? Yeah, I was just thinking about this. No, of course we haven't. But it just seems even, it seems crazy to even think about that we would be. But now that I think about it, I th- He's getting very bloody close. Well, if you want any stats, now I know we like to have an 80 plus average to say goodbye to, to someone, but he's averaging 79.1. But when I was looking into the forward stats a bit more, he's actually the 21st averaging forward this year. That's how tough it is to be a, a high um, scoring forward. He's in the top 21 forwards of this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, it was a pretty funny, um, I guess, pretty funny story on the weekend. So uh, the guy who... Uh, in one of my keeper leagues, in my in my Port Adelaide league, um, he had Taranto and Merritt captain in the last uh, game and looked like they was just going to run him down in a canter before the game even started. But then he had Snelling and I can't remember another player. Um, it was either GWS or um, Essendon player. I can't remember who it was. But... Uh, yeah, just absolutely like Snelling just went off. Like I guess he scored that um, mm. ninety five, was it something like 92. that? Ninety two. Ninety two. Yeah, and like the other boys in the leagues were on the group chat. They just couldn't believe because you know being an ex port player as well, Will Snelling mm. just couldn't believe this is actually happening. But then I told him like, look to it, look at his last four weeks, and yeah. he's actually been scoring pretty well. It's so um, yeah, yeah, I just thought it was funny that like yeah, the guy with Merritt and Taranto. Um, didn't kind of get over the top of Will Snelling. Um, in the end, like Will Snelling put up enough to just get him ahead. So it was pretty funny. That's all. One of those weeks, anything can happen in fantasy footy. And do we 2G for him or 2G for PM? Do we give him another yeah, week? I think you've got to. Like he's a top 20 averaging forward, basically. If that's, yeah, not, fine. if that's not good enough for the pod, I don't know what is. I can't believe it's happening, but if it doesn't happen now, it probably won't for the season. So let's just do it. And yeah. yeah I'll worry about it. next year. And lastly, Nick Cox had 72 points. Uh, look, he had a nice bit of space out in the wing and, and worked hard as he usually does. 15 touches and a goal. Um, had a great season. You know, I've been um, very impressed with what I've seen as a, a Bombers fan. The unfortunate thing is he's a back forward this season and I don't see him holding either of those positions next year. And I think he's going to be a, a mid only. Uh, do you reckon that could be the case? And what does that matter? What does that mean if you are an owner? I, I'm lucky because in our league, he's a rookie for me. So happy to, to hold him. But for a lot of people who might have drafted him in, you know, as a, a DPP back forward, which is, um, you know, like a unicorn position to go mid only could be a big deal breaker. Yeah. If you're in a shallower league, um, say you're only keeping 12 or something like that, you're gonna, it's going to be pretty hard to keep them unless you're a long, long, long way off a flag with your side and you're just kind of going for youth. In a mid-range like ours, again, like it's probably still hard. It's probably borderline. The only way you probably keep him is if you're in a, you know, you've got a deep league and you are, yeah, and you can manage to stash him for a bit longer. But Agreed. yeah. 
Anyways, that wraps up the round rewind. So thanks for listening uh, through that. Uh, but if you appreciate all the kind of analysis we do of each week um, and all the games that happen and finding you all the Keeper League worthy players, uh, please consider becoming a member. Now, if you sign up now, you basically have access to our website uh, from this time up until like this time next year. You get it for one year. So that means you get all the preseason content. That means as soon as the draft comes out, you know all the fantasy scores um, of the draftees. You'll have an updated breakout tracker in the offseason. Um, you'll get all the sample uh, waffle and VFL scores to help you kind of identify the guys in the twos that are going to make the uh, the jump um, and a whole heap of other resources as well. You get all our CBA analysis for the whole season so you can see uh, who which players are trending upwards in their CBAs and stuff so they could uh, receive a bump next year. All that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, if you're keen to get on board, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au, click on the membership uh, tab and head to Keeper League there and um, yeah, you can become a member of the podcast. But uh, each week we say thank you to... Uh, uh, a number of gold members. We moved up to 10 in the last uh, few weeks just to try to get through all the gold members. So, Kays, do you want to read them out this week? Absolute pleasure. Um, thanks to Sam Arnott, Oliver Mackey, Matt Risley, uh, Kieran Sankey, Legend Pundi, uh, Jared Hazelgrave, Brendan Trump, Alex Smith, Daniel Aitken, Luke Farrows, and Jared Buskell. And, uh, yeah, thanks also to Alex Smith, a good friend of mine. Uh, played golf with him a couple of weeks ago. Actually got back on the course, Kaz, and I think I told you about that. No, you didn't. Uh, wow. No, no, just down at uh, Regency Park around the corner here just for a bit of a hit. But, uh, no, nah, good fun, good fun. I need to get back into it. But, anyway, uh, thank you to those members, and we'll move on to our projections. All right, moving on to the projections segment. Uh, but before we do, Kays, do you want to read through your State League fantasy scores of the week if you've got them up in front I of you? I do. Yeah. I do, I do. So there are only the three VFL games and two Waffle games this week because of COVID. And crazily enough, if you haven't caught up with the news, like Hef hadn't this morning, the GWS and Sydney teams combined to play under the GWS banner against the Lions. Which I is saw the I saw the match kind of report. Crazy. I saw the scores. And I was like, Ryan Clark for G- playing for GWS. And I was like, is there another Ryan Clark? But then I saw his <laughs> score and I was like, I'm pretty sure that must be the same Ryan Clark in the twos. But yeah, it really confused me. So yeah, they combined to a Sydney United team. And obviously, um, Alex Rance played for the Bombers as well. So crazy kind of week. Crazy times. Uh, so top scorers from the weekend, Darcy McPherson continues to dominate. Uh, he kicked two goals, had 12 tackles and 26 touches for 146 points. Jackson Nelson uh, proving he's too good for the Waffle with 32 touches and 142 points. Telling Jaman, similar, 32 touches and 138 points from him. Zach Sproul hit the scoreboard six times for two goals, four, had 130 points. Cam Ellis-Yolman, uh, back to being an absolute beast, uh, 25 touches and 127 points. Jeremy Finlayson just took the um, VFL for a bit of a laugh. He kicked three goals for 126 points. Uh, Malcolm Roses from the Suns, he had 122 points. Ryan Clark, as we spoke about before, for GWS, uh, funnily enough, had 38 touches and 117 points. Nathan Vardy, 131 hitouts for 116 points. And Tom Joyce from the Lions, he had 113 points. 
All right. Uh, thanks for that, Kays. Um, yeah, some interesting scores in there. What I've noticed, though, and you might have noticed this as well, do you think that Waffle players are scoring a lot better this year? Usually, like, there was barely anyone who averaged over 100, but we've gotten quite a few Correct. big scores out there. So, maybe there's actually just some good fantasy players coming through the Waffle. Or maybe something's changed over there that, uh, you know, has made the game more conducive to yeah. a good fantasy scoring. Not sure. It used to be impossible to basically not tip a ton there, but we have seen that the obviously we don't really look at all the the complete waffle scores from the you know non um, uh, non AFL teams, yeah. yeah. But you know the the guys have been putting up numbers. You know you wouldn't see 138 or whatever from Talon Jaman ever in the in the AFL. So uh, potentially they're starting to take the piss a bit in the in the waffle. It's becoming the um, new Nefal, maybe. Maybe, but before we go on, Hef, do you want to talk about our home leg and what happened I was, uh, on the weekend? I was trying to think of a good segue uh, into that because uh, I was thinking maybe we could talk about captains and I don't have to set a captain this week because uh, my team is out of the finals uh, race. It's out of the season's over for us, essentially. But you did finish top two, Case. Um, so congratulations on that. Top Thank two you. is a big advantage in our league um, because you basically have to win. To get to the prelim, you have to win twice Oh, and if you want to get to the grand final, you have to win three times before uh, you can even you know think about getting to the grand final. So it's a bit of a funny league setup, but that's what you do with six uh, six teams in the final. So it was good, but um, uh, my team won another game to uh, finish off their you know hot finish to the season and uh, further ruined my draft position. Ended up finishing eighth out of twelve when I was bottom for or second to bottom for a lot of the season. So yes, it was yeah. hilarious. So you couldn't even tank. <laughs> well, no, you know, you, you give me a bit of shit and you say I've got no integrity, but I am a man with a bit of integrity. I was trying to win those last few weeks. Uh, I kind of wanted to, well, it didn't really matter. I kind of wanted to see if I could upset a few teams, but uh, in the end, I thought I'd just keep going and, you know, just a bit of pride on the line, I think. And uh, it just goes to show if I actually, you know, had at least half a list for the whole season. I think at one stage I had 12 injuries. Like that's more than our whole reserves list. Um in the side. So if I had a full uh, strength squad, it might have gone okay. We'll be at least made finals this season, but it wasn't to be. And, uh, you know, uh, fantasy is a cruel mistress. So we'll wait and see what happens next year. And hopefully I can pick up a few new players and go, right. But let's get into the projections. Who's your captain this week, Kaz? My captain this week, I'm going to go with Luke Parker. Uh, the season's on the line for the Swans. They need to keep winning to keep their uh, finals hopes alive. And he's the heart and soul of that Swans midfield. Had 110 last week. He's averaging 106 in his last five. Uh, what I like about it is he just dominates against the uh, Dons. He had 126 earlier this year against them. And in his last seven games against Essendon, his worst score has been in 92. So I think that's a pretty safe captain choice. He's got the uh, very high floor and a very nice ceiling. So get Luke Parker the C on him this week. I'm going to go with Riley O'Brien, but a bit more left field. Um, comes up against Tim English, which uh, a lot of Ruckman uh, go well against. He had 141 on them the last time he played, and it's got a reasonable average against uh, against Western Bulldogs as well. It's got it's got in the fixture they're playing at Mars Stadium. Do you reckon that's correct? Is that actually correct? Uh, I haven't actually seen the update. Yeah. Well, I can it, check one second. Well, it says Ballarat, but I'm not sure if that's actually going to continue with that. Uh, yeah, sure. it's, it's continued. They are the first game on Saturday. Okay, cool. Yeah, fine. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether, you know, last few weeks you look at the fixture on a Monday and by Friday they're all at different venues and things like that. So I wasn't sure if that one was up in the air or not. But it looks like even Victoria might even be coming out of lockdown. I don't want to speak too soon, but uh, their numbers are looking okay as well. So I'm not sure mm. what's going to happen there. But um, yeah, it might happen. It probably will happen then. Yeah, cool. So that's it. Uh, let's move on to the loophole. Who's yours? 
Uh, my loophole of the week. I'm going to back in your boy, Bailey Scott. I think he's just starting to get things together. I had 81 on the weekend and he's had two 80s in his last four. I uh, guess it's going to be a tough game against the Cats, but it looks like he's getting some more midfield wing time. And look, he's got the, the centre forward DPP. So I think that's always the, the perfect loophole option is to use him in two spots. And they are the what are they the third game of the week. So nice and early. You know, you can't use him in two spots um, once you put him on your bench. You have to I put know. him on one of them. But yeah, but it depends <laughs> where the weakness is in your particular team. Uh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, still you can only use them in one once the game starts. Anyway, uh, Quinton Narkel is my loophole of the week. Um, he had the most clearances last week in less than half of a game. So I, I know we've banged on about this, but he should get a run uh, full game after that. And in that half, in that less than one half, really, I think he came on in quarter three, um, he scored 41. So it's not too bad. And coming against North Melbourne, you think that'll be a bloodbath. So he should go okay there, I think. So, yeah. Although, is that game still on Saturday afternoon? Yes, it is. But it looks, so that's good. It hasn't moved around. I can still claim that as a loophole. You can. Cool. Uh, my streamer of the week, Hef, is I'm going to back in Luke Jackson. So this is just more remedy kombucha gut feel here. Now, I reckon that Gorn will either play majority forward or potentially even get rested this week against the Suns, which Ooh. allows Luke Jackson to come in and just dominate in the middle against Luke uh, against Chris Burgess. We saw Oscar McInerney put up a nice score against him on the weekend. I think this might be the perfect opportunity just for Luke Jackson to spread his wings and show us what he's got in that midfield. So uh, in that, yeah, ruck, I should say. So um, I reckon he's one you could stream this week. Gold Coast also giving up the most fantasy points out of any club this year. So it's generally a safe bet against Gold Coast, I reckon. Uh, Dane Rampey is mine. So he averages 78 against Essendon. Had 84 last week against Frio. Um, had 80 against Essendon uh, the last time he played them as well. So I think he's a good option. Um, and, you know, he's prone to putting up a 70 uh, every second or so a week. So he's generally a pretty good streamer. But I think this is one of the weeks that you start him on the field. Who's your waiver of the week, Case? Uh, I want a piece of Sam Taylor. As I talked about before, I reckon he's going to be a very good fantasy player. He's playing well this season. He's remarkably come back from a pretty nasty injury and got back to some good form. But I think he's one you can um, potentially hold into next year if you are allowed to do so. So, um, yeah, I'd get a piece of the young GWS defender. I think he's going to be a very good player. My waiver is Nick Larkey. Not for this season, probably not for next season either, but I think uh, in future, if you stash him away, he could be a good F4, F5 kind of caliber player. So, yeah, if you play a deeper league, um, he's one to think about picking up and just stashing away, showing what he can do when he's on top of his game, uh, like he did on the weekend, kicked a big bag of goals. And then, you know, they obviously see something in him. They're playing him as their sole key forward. He's getting plenty of development. They trade away Ben Brown, so they must be pretty happy with the way he's developing. So, yeah, I think Nick Blackie is going to be someone who's going to be fieldable in the future. Um, he just might need to wait a couple of years. That's all. But anyway, uh, if you want more projections, waiver wire picks and state league fantasy scores, uh, please consider becoming a member and you'll get more of those. Now, Kay, something interesting happened on the Apple reviews this week. So I think J Masters 21, I think we read out his review last week, but I think he's changed it and updated it. So I, th- I, th- I think that's what happened because I swear I looked at last week's show doc and there was a review from uh, J Masters 21 in there, but I, th- I swear it's changed. So um, unless, I, unless I copy and paste the wrong name, I'm not sure. But this week he's changed it too, if that's the case too. My two favorite voices, uh, always a great listen. Thanks, fellas. Can you rate my trade out of 10? I traded Nick Hind and Luke Ryan for Tom Green and Matty Rao. What do you think of that trade out of 10? Uh, 9.3. 
So it, it, for me, it depends where you are. Um, depends where you are. Like say you're rebuilding or you're you know hitting for a flag in the next couple of years. I reckon it's an it's an eight, seven or eight if you are punching for a flag. But if you're rebuilding, it bumps up to a nine, I think. So. Yeah, I don't mind that one. So um, we'll uh, maybe get in touch and tell us where you're at. But anyways, guys, let's move on to everyone's favourite segment, the listener questions. All right, moving on to the listener questions. Uh, first one, case, what is it? It's from at Timothy underscore J13. G'day, guys. Wondering who gets the midfield bump now. Fife is done. Chera went big. So, I actually uh, punched a few numbers today. I used my stats database to work this out. And who averaged the most uh, when Fife is out? And Brayshaw, um, Andrew Brayshaw, is the player that averages the most when Fife goes out. Then Mundy generally gets a little bit of a bump. And Chera also um, averages about 80 or so with uh, without Fife in the side. So, um, yeah, I think those uh, – I think – Brayshaw, probably the biggest bump. But last year, I think, because I did this over the last two years, um, Sarong uh, went kind of big last year as well. So I, I personally think it's probably just going to be an even spread. I don't think we'll see one player that gets one bump, but we'll probably see someone go a little bit bigger each week or just a kind of an even spread of scoring. That's my gut feel. But uh, I think Brayshaw gets the bump if there's going to be anyone. Uh, next question comes from DanK101. Um, thoughts on Ned Reeves and Justin McInerney as long-term prospects? Uh, well, I like them both a lot. Uh, Reeves has been pretty impressive in his four AFL games this year and uh, showed he can really score at VFL level as well. Uh, and obviously, I'm a, a big Justin McInerney fan, especially as he's going to get that back center DPP in 2022. So, I'm uh, very keen on both of them. I I think Reeves, more in particular for me, just because the two rival Rutman, uh, I guess he's competing with for a spot on the side, are uh, both 30+. plus. So I think he's going to be a big player in Hawthorne's uh, side over the next, you know, five, six, seven years. Um, you know, if they don't recruit anyone else uh, to kind of take his spot. But yeah, I really like him. And for a, for a, he's a huge fella. Um, he probably one massive. of the tallest in the competition. One of is he bigger than Cox? I think he's got to be. Yeah, I think he was like yeah, he's two hundred. I don't know. Eleven. Eleven. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and he moves pretty well for a guy of that size. So. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be okay. Um, I do like McInerney as well, but I just worry. Uh, look, I know he's moved into the midfield, but Mills is someone that we used to play back there. Whether they continue that role with some of their kids coming up, whether he continues the midfield and move back. You've got Jordan Dawson, you've got Jake Lloyd. Um, there's another one I'm forgetting. You've got Campbell, he can probably play there. There's an, uh, there's another one on top of that I'm forgetting. But uh, look, there's a lot of players of his type in that Sydney back line as well. So um, did I say Jordan Dawson? Jordan Dawson plays back there. Um, you did. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so there's a few a few back there that I'm just probably a bit more concerned about. I like Reeves because I think he's got a, you know, you know, a, a job, um, a spot sewn up for a, a long time. That's all. Uh, AFL Fantasy Qs. Um, odds of Goulden and Schoenberg, Schoenberg keeping forward status next season. Hashtag looking forward. Hashtag 21, 2021 done. Uh, what do you think? Goulden first. Uh, I think Goulden is a 60% chance of keeping his forward status. Yeah, I agree. Um, like, I think we're going to see him play a bit more midfield to, or a bit more on the wing towards the back end of the season here. But I think he's done enough earlier on in the season to kind of keep that DPP. And Schoenberg? 15% chance. Yeah, I don't like his chances. He seems pretty firmly entrenched uh, in the forward line. The only thing, like I said, the only thing that could uh, save him would be Crouch coming back in and you know taking his minutes. But I don't think that's going to happen somehow. I think Crouch will be eased in and... Yeah, if, if he even does come back, that is, he might not. So, who knows? Without 
Without looking at Harry's map, he every time I've seen the Crows play, he just seems to be starting on ball. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. They, they exactly. did do since earlier in the season where he's up a bit forward, a bit more um, for a few games there. But since he's kind of come on the last few weeks, he's um yeah he's playing a lot more midfield. Uh, next question, case at Ninja Spoon One is Gorn a keeper or a trade sell high? Ruck roll with Jackson in twenty twenty two might see dip in Gorn scoring. Do you think he's a keeper or a trade? Nah, definitely keep. I think um, players like Gorn come around once in a blue moon, and I think no matter what happens with Jackson, I th- still think he's going to be a top three ruck at the very w- worst. I think Jackson is kind of like if you're going to look at both of them, and you're going to have to play, you're not going to drop Gorn or anything like that. So you're going to have to find someone to play a second spot. You're going to definitely be keep playing Jackson up forward. You're not going to put Gorn up there for uh, you know long periods of time. I think when you worry about Gorn is when Jackson, you know, when Gorn is like kind of on his last season or two um, as a player, that's when you start to worry about Gorn. But I think for the time being, he's definitely going to be a top three ruck at worst. You might see Darcy um, creep up there next season, I think, but um, maybe take a top two mantle out of uh, one of the big two. I think Grundy's still got a, you know, a lot of life left in him. So I think Gorn will be the one that drops first, but I still think it'd be top three regardless. So I'll definitely be keeping. What do you think? Yeah, he's just absolute cream. So I think yeah. Luke Jackson will eventually just go, like, jump out of nowhere and just become an absolute jet. But while Melbourne is still very much in flat contention, I still think you're going to see a lot of um, um, Max Gorn just being the dominant ruckman there. Yep. All right. Next question. Uh, a little double prong one from at Blackson. Lads have the following forwards, which are keeping, which are keeping forward status next season: Zorko, Taran Thomas. The package, Danger, Dunkley, and Langford. Hef, you I do, have crunched the numbers. I do like the way he's emphasised Taran on Taran Thomas as well. So that's uh, good to see. I love a, I love a proper pronunciation and respect for the pronunciation. Um, let's go through them. Uh, so Zorko's been at 47% of the CBAs for Brisbane, so almost 50%. And I think the it's I know it doesn't all go with starting position. It goes to where you get your touches as well. But I think you need to be spending thirty five percent of your time on ground in another position. I think it is. So I don't know if he's spending that much time up forward, especially when you th- look at those CBA numbers. So probably not when you consider times he starts on the bench as well. Um, you know every CBA. So I think he might struggle. But he's a player that you always think of as a secondary forward. So I think if he's one that loses um, forward status in fantasy classic and the or the fantasy kind of format he's still something that ultimate footy could potentially add one to so not you know super super I'm not, I don't think he's definitely going to lose it but there could be a chance but I think at the moment he's looking like a bit of a mid uh, Dunkley he's 50% of the CBA so I say mid only there because again when you consider um, you consider time on bench uh, I don't know if he spends the rest of the time forward that's for sure Um Stringer, I reckon, should keep it because he just mainly does spurts and does a lot of his scoring, still comes from a few goals. What do you think, Kaze? You're the Bombers man. What do you reckon, Stringer? Uh, he's definitely going to keep for his status because yeah. he's a – yes, he starts in the – he's just a very unique role because he starts in that midfield but really predominantly at most plays as a forward. Um, I suppose the last few weeks has been a bit different because he's been a bit of a roamer. But, yeah, he's one of their leading goal kickers. So, yeah, I think he's got to be that forward. Uh, with Dangerfield, the commentator said last week, I'm not sure if this was actual, they had proper numbers or this was just a gut feel, but they said it was about a 70-30 split between midfield and forward. So um, maybe not. Um, depends on what happens over the last few weeks. Um, yeah, and if they need him up forward to kick goals, whatever. And Langford seems to be playing a lot more on the wing from memory. Is that right, Kaz? Yeah, he has. He, he does kind of roam up forward, but I think it's more that wing. So, yeah, he pushes up there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he lost it. No, I wouldn't be surprised if he lost it. Yeah, I'm the same. And Taran, you missed Taran. Oh, Taran, I did too. Oh, sorry. Uh, look, he's had um, 38% of the CBAs. Um, so not, you know, but that's also, he's bumped, he was low early in the season, but high now. Um, I think he's still a chance of keeping forward status for one more year. A chance. Yep. All I right. Uh, sorry, what was that? I think I think Taran will keep forward status. Yeah, cool. And uh, Blackson's follow-up question, Hollywood, can you please use data to explain why Mitch Robbo scores are like a yo-yo? When uh, should he be fielded? So I didn't actually uh, see that part. I didn't actually use data. I'm just going by gut feel. I'm going by remedy gut feel here. But wasn't he scoring a lot better when Neil was out and now Neil's come back in and he's not going as well? Or has he just been up and down the whole time? I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm pretty sure Robbo put out a big game on the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know. Well, he had 117. Did Neil get injured? <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> no. It's gone 48, 92, 43, 105, 117. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I don't know then. Yeah, I have not been following his scoring at all. Um, but yeah, he has He has been pretty up and down. So he's had 76, 86. But yeah, he had three games in a row where he went massive. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at Lockie Neal's here. <laughs> get on the ball here for uh, Robbo. Blackson, uh, seeing as I'm playing you in two weeks' time, I think you shouldn't start Mitch Robinson and probably start someone like Paddy Dow instead. <laughs> That's a better answer. Yeah, sorry, Blackson, I did not uh, spend any time researching your question. Uh, apologies, but that's probably um, all it deserves, knowing the bloke. Um, yeah, geez, he's had put up two big tons, but then stinkers before that, so maybe that's mm. not the reason Neil being out. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, we'll move on. Um, at Clado31089, uh, with a barcode under his after his name. Um, what the hell do we do with Fiorini next year? Is he starting to make his way back into best 22 and keep him? Hard to throw away in current form. We keep 13 with three rookies. What do you think? Uh, to be honest, I have absolutely no fucking idea. Uh, I don't even know if Stewie Jew has any idea whether he's a keeper at the Suns. To be honest with you, I think you should trade him now on a high um, or just hope that he's going to be in that starting team in round one next year. But I reckon I'd, I'd try and trade while he's on a high because, yes, he can score well. There's no doubts about that. But will he be best 22 all of 2022? No idea. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Like, he is scoring really well. But you'd be kicking yourself if you were offered something half decent and he is dropped back to the twos next year. Especially, I don't know, with uh, with like someone like Rao being, um, you know, having a bit more uh, – of a preseason under his legs and um, not being as injured for most of the season. Also with Anderson, um, he's been up and down with injury this year as well. Might be squeezed out a bit um, going uh, into the future. So I reckon if you can capitalise on his value now, it probably wouldn't be the worst option. And look, if he does continue, as long as he gets something half reasonable out of it, um, yeah, I think he would be mad not to do it, I reckon. Uh, Paul Milne asks, is Robottom getting pushed into the background with the emergence of so many other Swans young guns? What do you think, guys? Um, I don't necessarily think he's being pushed in the background. He started Sunday's game really well, uh, actually on fire, and then just dropped out of it. I, I think he's safer than some others, though. Like, I, I would rather have him than, obviously, I haven't seen much of Dylan Stevens this year, or even Nick Blakey. I always think he's on uh, tender hooks, whether he'll be dropped or not. And, and at City at the moment, there's almost a bit of a, a GWS-type glut in that midfield. So, maybe something's got to give. You know, we know Josh Kenny's going on for one more year. Robottom's an exceptional inside mid Um I'd be holding, personally. 
I don't think Nick Blake is getting dropped anytime soon. He was really good to get on the weekend. He just spent another period on the bench, like when he should have been, you know, racking up those final touches to get him from his 66 to his mid-70. He's on the bench for 10 minutes with bruised ribs or something, and then I thought he was not going to come back. But he's done that to me three or four times this year, so I'm not really sure. Um, what I did notice with Robottom, he was uh, on the wing a little more um, this week. So I think we saw earlier, like it's, it's funny because we saw Chad Warner come in and play that inside role, and he was scoring really well, but then he Warner got pushed out by Robottom, um, and then he was scoring really well for a little bit, and then Robottom seems to have been pushed out by George Hewitt. So it's it's funny. I just don't know if they're because they're still a young developing side that they're just trying to work out the best combination of midfielders. Maybe they're preparing for life after Kennedy. Um, I really don't know. I'm trying to experiment on a few things. I really don't know what's going on, but it always seems like they give a player a run for a bit and then try something else to kind of see what happens. And I don't think they kind of change it from week to week. It's kind of like, all right, we'll give you a month, see what happens. And it's kind of like an audition. I don't really know, but it's something like that going on. Um, yeah, because their role keeps changing from inside to outside and things like that. And plus he was on the bench for, like, sorry, he was on the sub for a few weeks and out of the side. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but um, yeah, it just doesn't seem to be getting a consistent role um, whatsoever. That's all. Um, last question of the night at Adza 08 Elf. Uh, geez, huge first week of finals. Who goes the biggest? Uh, Lynch uh, at, from Adelaide versus Western Bulldogs. Walker also Adelaide versus Western Bulldogs. Uh, Neil Bullen, uh, Melbourne, obviously, versus Gold Coast. And uh, Caleb Polter from Collingwood versus uh, West Coast. Who do you think goes biggest, Case? I'm going to bat the Texan in. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. I was going to say with... Um, with uh, Keith out as well, yep. playing on Shash. Uh, he Shashay. might not. He might have a big game. The other one I like though is uh, Neil Bullen as well. So um, Gold Coast give up this out of any team. They give it the second most um, to forwards, and um, they're also just a really easy score to uh, team to score again. Fancy fancy wise. So look, you go Walker. I'll go Neil Bullen just to make uh, Adza actually um, pick between the two. So he has to flip a coin. Um, Big shout out case. to Adza 08 Elf though, who uh, helps me source those um, uh, top 100 fantasy coach numbers um, out there. So I couldn't put them each week without his help. So uh, big raps to that guy. Anyway, speaking of raps, let's uh, wrap it up. Um, a Zambrero rap, if you will. Uh, get around us on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's at Keeper League Pod. I sincerely apologize for the lack of content in the last uh, week since lockdown hit. Um, I'm not getting, you know, eight or nine hours out of the house without a two-year-old wanting to play uh, every 15 minutes. So a um, lot less time to get all that sort of stuff up there. When I get out of ISO uh, next Monday, it is, uh, we might see some more stuff up there. I'll get more time to get it up there. But also a big thank you to Remedy and Zambrero for sponsoring the show and uh, looking after our listeners as well. Anything else from UK? We'll be back in the studio next week. Uh, all things going to plan. Looking forward to it? No. Um, happy maybe 100th episode tonight or maybe happy 96th episode tonight. Something like that. Uh, yeah, definitely not 100th. Uh, let's not make the celebration. Definitely not. One. Definitely, definitely not 100. Not. Yeah, cool. All right. Uh, thanks for listening again and we'll talk to you next week. Only, what, four rounds to go? Four podcasts to go? Yeah, so exciting. Almost a year and go to the chops in the finals. Yep. Uh, look, I don't want you to win a flag, but I hope you, uh, I hope you do okay. All right. Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> See you later. Bye, guys. <laughs>